0: Hello, and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme, You Did This To Us. Joining me, as always, the wonderful, incomparable David Luzader. How are you?
1: I am doing well, though I'm confused. I don't know who you are. You didn't introduce yourself here. I at the know, top my of the name's show. Brett Stewart.
0: I'm here yes. as one of our wonderful three hosts, and that's David Luzader, and Nicole Davis, our our incomparable third host, will be joining us a little bit later in the episode.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, before we get things going, I just wanna give a quick shout out to all the wonderful people who've been giving us some Twitter love lately uh This last week, I know we kept we kept getting notifications that people were tweeting about our show, and it was so great. So thank you,
0: yeah, to everyone who's been doing that. Thank you, everybody. If you want to go ahead and tweet us, you can do that. And in order to do that, I should probably pull up our Twitter so I know what our handle is. I'm it's pretty- Movie Go Round Pod, I believe. That's it. It's Movie Go Round Pod. So be sure to do that so we can get a conversation going with you guys and you know what you get to vote every five weeks that's what this is we put out a big straw poll you can either vote on something that's currently on the list or you can add something to the list i added warcraft and i voted for it once i did not (laughs) do this and good guess what enough of you voted that it won over 40 percent of the vote and that is what we watched was 2016's Warcraft. But a shout out to the runner-ups. We almost watched Ben X. We almost watched mm-hmm. a Godzilla movie oh, by Willie Goose Versus Godzilla Mothra versus Mothra, right?
1: And then we almost watched what was uh, that The killer. That killer one Spirited killer. Spirited killer. Dominic Jacoki, yeah. I know it was you. <laughs>
0: We know it was you. He keeps putting it in there. But it ended up finally being Warcraft. I have a theory, though. I think part of the reason, because here's the thing I throw it in there under the full expectation that it'll never actually happen. I just wanted to be there until it finally did and I was really surprised it happened. I think it's because you sh- you throw a lot of shade and I think yeah, people know I that. I shouldn't have
1: said anything. That was my first the mistake was admitting I didn't want to watch
0: this movie. <laughs> so we watched it though. We watched 2016's Warcraft and I'm going to read a quick synopsis of it. Bef- before I do that, I do want to mention next week's theme. Uh, next week's theme, we're going back to the front of the rotation. It'll be our third rotation and we're doing new to two. Nicole picked the movie, and it's going to be The Miracle of Morgan's Creek. So Never if heard of it. Never heard of it either, which is why it'll be new to the two of us. So hopefully yes. we'll get Nicole in here shortly, but in the meantime, uh, 2016's Warcraft! Looking to escape from his dying world, the Orc Shaman Gul'dan <sighs> utilizes dark magic to open a portal to the human realm of Azeroth. Supported by the fierce fighter Blackhand, Gul'dan organizes the Orc clans into a conquering army called the Horde. Uniting to protect Azeroth from these hulking invaders are King Lane, the mighty warrior Anduin Lothar, and the powerful wizard Medivh. As the two races collide, leaders from each side start to question if war is really the only answer. This movie's really not as complex as it makes it sound.
1: No, it's not. It's really not. All. Uh, it's here's the thing. Straightforward.
0: I, I should I should preface this episode with the fact that I am a Warcraft apologist. In the sense that I know there are many aspects of this movie that are bad, and I still mm. love it. I can appreciate, and, and I and I
1: acknowledge that's because I have fondness for the franchise. So I obviously was very vocal on not wanting to watch this movie. I could have gone my entire life without having watched this movie, but I will say that it wasn't as. bad bad as i expected it to be there are some redeeming qualities if i had to like categorize it though i would definitely say it more falls in the line of mediocre most of the time yeah that's the thing i don't understand is that i don't understand
0: people's hate for it sometimes because i understand just kind of shoulder shrugging at it but i don't that's think it's aggressively bad um you yeah, know i think i think it's a popcorn
1: <laughs> flick yeah. yeah. And it's, it was, yeah. I mean, it's hard because like the acting is not great in this movie. No. All of the humans have uh, this level of emoting in their voice at all time. And it's odd because just before doing this show, I was watching Captain America, the first Avenger, which also has Dominic Cooper in it, playing uh, the young Howard Stark um, who's, you know, King Lane in Warcraft and is like young Howard Stark. He's charming and and, you know, he's got this real kind of slick attitude about him. And in Warcraft, he treats everything with this level of importance. He is
0: the worst actor in the whole movie. I, I strongly believe that the performance of King Lane is aggressively bad. It is uh, offensively bad to someone like me who likes the character as much as they do as I do. Uh, and that's one of the problems with this movie, and this is something David put in our docket right away, David being you, there's only two of us right now. Uh, <laughs> the orcs are more compelling than the humans, and that's, I that think... That was surprising to me. And see, that's one of the, to me, one of the redeeming qualities, and one of the ways this movie could have potentially been remarkable, is that the beauty of Warcraft is that, in fantasy, typically orcs bad humans good and that tends to be the dividing line and in warcraft Hmm. there's some moral ambiguity to both sides um especially as you get further into the story that's not fleshed out in this movie uh there's it's ambiguous as to who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and uh this movie attempts to do that and does it decently well (laughs) with the orcs and horribly with the humans
1: yeah yeah. it's just it's so odd to me that the the orcs really are the uh, the the emotional weight of this movie. and they like just the humans don't have good emotional weight. <clears throat> and I'll get into this a little bit more, where I feel like the movie expects us um to care about the humans because they're humans because, like, oh, you're a person you can identify with people uh which is not really the case when like the orcs we kind of get this really like this sense of their culture and their people and they have these little emotional moments that really kind of like build them up as characters um you know you have like the whole like oh i snuck my pregnant wife <laughs> into this like war train <laughs> and my son is born um who like the son is supposed to be someone really important. Yes, he's supposed
0: guess. to be Thrall, which they do not drop the name of, and presumably, if a sequel had been greenlighted, they would have gotten into. Because what are they? Because he's not called Thrall. he's called. They call him like oh. the orcish word for like my baby, basically.
1: Okay, yeah, and I, I thought like I had known the name beforehand, and they call him something like Grumblitch. and I'm Rumblich. like. I don't, what, what does is, what is that say? Are you taking notes uh,
0: out there, Chris Metzen?
1: Oh, he's not a piece <laughs> anymore, but Grumblitch. No, Grumblitch. Um, I I appreciate this movie trying to kind of pare down to just like making it about these two races. Because there's also like the elves and the dwarves who are shown. And I, you know, the elves look terrible. Yeah. Um, but you know, I appreciate that they were like, "All right, we'll put the we'll, we'll just kind of focus on these two races against one another." I can I can appreciate that aspect of it, but then it's like we're gonna have eight people from both sides be the main character, and you'll just kind of lose track of right. who's doing what and who's betraying who. And oh yeah, uh, and- yeah.
0: Yeah, and for a little background on that, as someone who has played all the games and continues to play Warcraft today, uh the this is based loosely on the original Warcraft game, the RTS, right? Not even which World is of Warcraft, called, which is actually called Warcraft: Orcs and Humans. So that's why it's a focus on them. If they had gone into sequels, and again, this movie very obviously sets it up for one, and obviously oh. the studio is like, we're not throwing money yeah. at that again. Uh, and by the way, shout out to David Bowie's son, Duncan Jones, because I, regardless of whether or not it's a good movie, he, put, he went balls to the wall, and he Jeez. loves Warcraft, and he feels like he, he did right by it, and the fan base largely appreciates him for it.
1: Yeah, I I read a number of or I listened to a couple of podcasts or a couple of interviews with him around when this came out because um, it was also sort of the same time as David Bowie's passing and just kind of getting perspective on that. That's right. Um, and you know he did he does have a love for this and you know he was on Reddit I think or on Twitter and people were like oh hey man when's Warcraft two happening and he you know he gets really kind of sad about it in his responses and he was like it's not up to me you know it's up to the studios and there hasn't been any movement on that um and yeah it's it it's just kind of unfortunate that he loved it so much that he he made a movie for the fan base and not for <laughs> the millions of other moviegoers.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: The because
0: there are a lot of Easter eggs in this, like all the way down to the visuals. Like for example, when they're riding to Goldshire and you see the murloc, you know, fishing in the river, which are the creepy little fish people. And then when they're riding away from Goldshire and in the background you see this big giant stone with a with a blue uh, ornate signature on it that's a hearthstone for those familiar with the game hearthstone um there's that in the background and then in the beginning of the movie we get a hint at seeing the draenei which are a alien species from the same world as the orcs the blue people and uh you know all those are little tidbits that you know warcraft fans like yes give me draeneis give me hearthstones give me murlocs and they're completely lost on people who don't have that Excitement for them, which is understandable. Uh, and you know, I think that the orcs, one of the reasons they're so successful in this movie is because they have something to lose. Um, they do. Like, the, like, you look at Duratan, who is the lead orc in this movie, arguably, and Duratan is emotionally conflicted. Um, one of the better lines in the movie. For a movie that's not well-written, I will admit, but one of the better lines in the movie is when he says, I like my enemies armed with an axe, not a baby, because Blackhand is running around killing women holding babies. Um, And so he has a moral conflict with that. And Mm -hmm. on top of that, there is a conflict of, I need to protect my family. I just had this yeah. baby and I need to protect my wife and I brought her into this new world to try to get her out of the old world but now I've actually brought her into more danger and that is a family emotional arc that is the centerpiece of why to care about anything in the movie and and also like the the conflict between him and his friend the friend that betrays mm-hmm. him those are interesting yeah, were- emotional conflicts that are completely lacking on the human side. Shout out to Nicole Davis. She has arrived.
2: Hey, how are you? So we're talking about Dristan and Duritan. I will okay. Dristan.
1: Well, Duritan is like the is like the character of this movie that I was rooting for the, yeah. the whole time. Like- oh
2: me too. I was so P.O.'d at the end.
1: Yeah, I know when his, like, life force gets all sucked out. I know, it's so sad.
0: And and David and I were just discussing, Nicole, that, you know, the humans are rigid, the humans have no emotion, the humans, uh, David made the great observation that we're just expected to care about them because they're humans, so somehow we have to relate to them. When in reality, any potential emotional story arc of this film is rooted almost entirely in that of the orcs. And maybe to an extent, Corona at the very end, and she's half orc. Um, and i want to get well, into that but
2: i mean yeah. you know we're we're just supposed to care about like the captain of the guard greasy hair mcbeardy face lothar and his lothar. son cannon fodder yes. slash <laughs> dead man walking
1: oh the whole uh, movie i'm like oh, i can't wait for that kid to die for what yeah, it's worth is, uh claire know, watch this know, with as soon me. as you
2: discover that his son is in the is in the the armed forces with him you know he's dead
0: yeah, for what it's worth, Claire watching this with me was very sad when the kid died. That was an emotional scene for her. It was her. Sad. So, uh,
1: for me. I was so like, "Yep, nope, this is this is gonna happen." <laughs> I had, like, no, yeah. I had no emotional connection to because I was just counting down to like the sword going <laughs> through his
0: chest. Exactly, and I, and I think there's also an emotional uh, struggle with Garota. I think it's not well developed and it kind of happens in the last five minutes of the movie. <laughs> but, uh, again, it was obviously set up for her. a sequel.
1: It's hard to understand what she's saying <laughs> when she's trying to do it through a severe underwrite the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: Paula Patton has a tough time talking around those fangs.
1: Uh,
0: two interesting tidbits about Grown. First of all, um, the actress, Paula Patton, was not in any makeup, or any, at least any green makeup. That was all CGI green, which looks surprisingly what? good
1: yes why they that didn't want pretty good but gamora but <laughs> I, my
0: understanding was that they didn't want to have her have to wear all the makeup and i mean it works it's fine i couldn't even tell the first time yeah, i saw it, it
1: looks
0: fine uh, and guess. then second yeah. um an interesting tidbit here for background knowledge of the games is that uh so in this movie uh it's pretty overtly hinted at that medivh is her father that he went off and found a, a, a far a far away people that accepted him for who, the, for who he was and their love could never be. He found a powerful oh. woman amongst them who is very obviously a female orc. And then, uh, you know, he eventually oh. had to depart back to where he was. It's very heavily hinted that he's her father.
1: Um, okay, that makes sense now.
0: Whereas in the games, Medivh and Garona are in a romantic relationship. Uh, it's entirely different. Entire, There is no romantic connection between Gerona and Lothar, like in this movie. So I'm not sure why Duncan Jones went in that direction. My only guess is that that would be even more complicated on the romance side, and he probably well, didn't want to get in those weeds, maybe?
2: But why did he cut it out? The way it's put together, it looks like they shot-slash-animated... Uh, a love scene between Lothar and Garona that's been cut out. That's what it, it, it smells like bad editing to when me. He,
0: when he's like drunkenly sad about his son? Yeah. Yeah, it totally looks like that. You're right. It's a so. very weird creative decision. It's, it's one of those things where like, I'm all for creative liberties when adapting a property because not everything can translate to a different medium perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. That one I don't get. I don't understand what the purpose of that was. Um, But yeah, I mean, um, Medivh is hinted at being her father in this one. And my, I want to talk about really quick, my biggest peeve with this movie, because I do want to point out that I'm, I am an apologist. I do love it, (laughs) but I do want to point out some issues I have. Uh, One, I, I do have an issue, as I mentioned with how static the humans are. Two, I have a very serious issue with Duncan Jones taking a very key point of this plot and omitting it entirely because he wanted the movie to be more accessible to people, when in reality it's not more accessible to people, it just makes it confusing. And what I'm referring to is, early in the movie, Garona refers to a demon that has contacted Gul'dan on their homeworld, the orc's homeworld, and the demon is who called them through the portal to Azeroth, that they were brought in, they didn't just let themselves in. And then it's later revealed that Medivh is somehow in league with this demon, perhaps not of his own accord, but he is enticed by the power of the demon. And um, the movie goes as far to have him kind of turn into the demon at the very end of the movie. And my sure. issue with this is that the actual g- game lore is that there is a demon named Sargeras, who lives in the nether which is kind of like the space in between worlds and he wants to get to azeroth and the best way for him to do that is to create conflict in azeroth and so that's why he entices medivh um without medivh knowing to use fel magic to open up this portal And instead of giving us Sargeras' name, instead of giving us a two-minute backstory of what I just told you guys, so people understand what happens to Medivh, they just don't even mention it. They just say, like, oh, yeah, there's a demon, and he just let us in. And then Medivh just turns into a demon.
1: Yeah. Well, Medivh, aside from doing his best Alan Tudyk impression throughout this entire film, (laughs) uh, really, like, I don't... I don't know what I'm supposed to really have felt about. First of all, they introduced him shirtless, which I just have a whole bunch of feelings on that. <laughs> um, I Like when the whole thing where it's like, oh, he's using fell magic. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel in that moment. And it's see, it's that's like, why they should have had
0: a, a moment of like uh, Medivh is pure and Medivh is the guardian and maybe explain what the guardian is. Like the guardian is not explained in this movie. And that upsets yeah. me because what the guardian is, Is uh so the Kirin Tor who are the
2: the, yeah that never gets explained what the The Kirin Tor
0: don't get explained at all but but essentially what the background is the Kirin Tor are a uh, group of mages in the floating city of called Dalaran and the Kirin Tor decided that it is better to vest a large amount of power in a single guardian who could live for a long period of time and overlook Azeroth than it is to try to do it with all of them at once. So eventually, the most powerful Kirin Tor, after hundreds of years, turns into the new Guardian, and then the old Guardian dies. Which is why Medivh is so hostile uh, in the beginning of the movie towards Khadgar. Uh, because if Cadgar was to become the Guardian someday, then he would die. Uh, and that's not explained um and
2: also it appears he's dying anyway it appears he's dying explained. anyway
0: exactly and then they don't explain the fact that he, since he is a good guy he is the curantor magic is good Sargeras' fell is bad so and they don't explain like this is a good guy who is being influenced by powers well, they don't, he they don't even ever realize. explain how he
1: got, like, why he started dabbling in fell magic. Was, was fell more powerful? Right. Was the
0: first time he like, free? We just don't know. Right.
1: Did he just wake <laughs> up one morning and was like, you know what? I want to suck some souls out today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was the first 12 times he used the fell only one penny and then they checked right. it up to right. full yeah. price?
1: There's absolutely no reason for him in this movie to just be like, I'm evil now. Nah. Yeah. And, him, like, and the idea of it is that... Like
0: in, in lore, the idea is that is that he becomes over decades not decades, like centuries of being the guardian, he becomes power hungry with the idea of maintaining that power and is so against any new guardian coming along, uh a la so, Khad- <sighs> like, that he starts to dabble in fell in order to maintain and grow his power. And that See, could the- have been a cool story arc if it was in the movie.
1: The problem is it sounds like uh, they kind of got to a point where they're like, well, like they say we're underestimating audiences a little That's bit. That's what like, I'm what getting we don't at, is like, things. Yeah. But like you have this you have this perfect character, the half orc, half human lady, who doesn't know anything about this world, who can be like the audience surrogate of like what is a guardian? Oh well, you see, you know, there are these powerful wizards, and they decided there should be one of them who like guides Azeroth, and he's centuries old. Like, obviously, throw it with a little more flair in there, not just like some <laughs> bazaars, so yeah. But there's like there's ways to very easily weave these things into the story, and it just would have been fine. You know, you you establish. Your uh, not your point of view, but your audience surrogate, and then, like, don't really do anything with her. Uh, like, they had a really great opportunity to to fill in some gaps by just having her be like, oh, hey, what's that? Right. Oh, they they totally could have done that. And instead, she's a
0: rather empty character for the majority of the movie until the last five minutes when she's finally and, given character development,
1: and we don't get to see the end of it because we never get a and, sequel. And that whole thing of, like, oh, kill me so that, like, they're you know, you can raise in power and like maybe one day we can have peace. It's like really interesting, but uh, uh, kind of out of left field and I didn't care about King Lane at all, so.
2: Yeah, I did not understand this. This is my, this was my biggest problem with the movie. I didn't find it hard to follow. Oh, we get to the, and then I, somewhere I missed why the humans ended up stuck on the others, on the orc side of the gate.
0: They, they weren't on the orc side of the gate. We're not on the opposite side of the gate. It's just not particularly well established in that shot because.
2: But it it looks like it's dead there, like the orc lands are.
1: But because because the the bad orc guy, whatever his name is, Guldan, Gulan, Gulan, Guldans, Guldan, the mustard uh, king. He his since his power draws from like life, uh, everything like kind of around him dies like he is the reason the orc world died is because he started using fell magic and gained all this power okay. and they like c- they kind of point out where uh duran and uh his, his buddy there are like sitting which i thought was actually a great little moment where they're like i missed the sight of trees yeah like, look there's snow in the distance and then like he points out like look where we're camped out looks like home because you know uh Goldar is absorbing all of the energy with his magic. This dark is like magic. me
0: with foreign names. <laughs>
2: uh. <laughs> well, I mean this this is my this is one of my personal pet peeves with high fantasy and I find it really lazy for these names oh, that goodness. either all end with the same syllable, you know, like Dar. Yeah, Lothar and Calgar and
0: Cadgar. You know, yeah.
2: Cadgar, whatever, and, or you've got like ones with random apostrophes in them for no reason whatsoever. So I just, just yeah, there's I,
0: really no reason to have the apostrophe I, in the middle of Guldan.
2: No, I'm
1: reading. I'm reading um, one of the old EU books for Star Wars. I'm reading *Heir to the Empire*, and you think high fantasy names are bad? Oh, random no. made-up Star Wars names are terrible yeah i I want to remind you that that kashique has three y's in it and there's like planets that are like the spelling of it is like b f f a p r at symbol (laughs) nine like just nonsensical words that i can't even try to pronounce in my head i just skip over i think
2: george lucas just reached into a bag of scrabble tiles and pulled out a bunch and said okay here's the next one that's
0: also how he wrote the prequels oddly enough
2: um, yeah.
1: But that is like that is... I mean, that, you know, Star Wars is a fantasy book that is kind of a fantasy staple. Of, instead of having this strange land with a strange name, it's like, here's a planet with a weird name.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty much high
2: fantasy with sci-fi trappings a lot of the time. Oh my gosh, um, totally,
0: totally. I mean, Star I mean, Wars Or at least Star the extended is, canon. Star Wars is... You could argue Star Wars is fantasy sci-fi rather than sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, no, hell, easily, they're easily. Jedi knights. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I, I mean... That's an issue with this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, it, it is... i I've always appreciated that Warcraft deviates from Tolkien styles in the sense that the orcs are uh, interesting characters and that they have moral ambiguities on both sides. And also, when you get into, you know, subsequent... Uh, storylines you see Arthas and the Lich King and you see Illidan the Betrayer mm-hmm. Illidan the Betrayer is a night elf who has this like crazy relationship with his brother Malfurion where Malfurion's the cool brother right he's more powerful right. everyone cares about Malfurion he gets Tyrandis uh, Ty- Tyrand which is their um their love interest uh, he gets the girl, <laughs> and Illidan gets really pissed off. So he's like, "You know what?" He calls up his homeboy Sargeras because that's apparently what you do when you're pissed oh off my the gosh, in the world. Asroh nerd out about this. I know, I'm just right.
2: lost. No, utterly. but like, but he,
0: but, but he, my point is that he has a he has a complex story arc that leads him into falling into the same trappings of Gul'dan, but then falling Im- immediately out of those to fight Sargeras. And these are cool storylines that are interesting unto themselves in fantasy and not terribly derivative but the problem is that when you have warcraft one based on the 1997 or 1998 rts called warcraft orcs and humans it's pretty straightforward like like there are there is room for complex stories later on but this is the tolkien trapping of 15 blizzard employees
1: making this in a garage (laughs) and look the design of this movie i know they were trying to stay true to a video game but man there is some stuff that only works in a video game the armor and weapons yeah. are so cartoony that yeah. they are not they don't even begin to enter the realm of believability uh sure like orcs look fine the elf design looks fine like a video game where you're trying to make your elves look distinguished in real life those elves looked terrible like if more of those elves showed up in later movies i would not be able to watch them they looked so bad the dwarves looked like okay you know it looked fine but just some of this stuff i was like that yeah that works fine in pixel art and especially like the in world of warcraft where it's more this cartoony exaggerated style works fine looks great on screen looked terrible
2: yeah i thought the dwarves looked kind of like a cross between the lord of the rings dwarves and a pug (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah totally I'm, one thing I will say about the style and I do agree with you David on that point is that on the flip side of that there are some really lovely things I think that the locales are gorgeous I think the lush greenery of Elwynn Forest which we don't get a name on um, I think that's beautiful I think the sure. set of Stormwind and also the set of of the Goldshire Inn is gorgeous um, so- and I think that stuff's really cool and on the flip side of that I also think uh, a lot of people were concerned when this movie was coming out that the CGI would look too fake, and I and yes, there is a cartoonish style to it because, as David said, they're trying to mimic an exaggerated video game style. But on those close-up shots of Doratan he looks
1: good. Like it is yeah, the, impressive CGI. Yeah, he
2: looks like a real creature.
1: Yeah, the orcs emoting looks great. Yeah, uh, and, and you're right. The, the the world does look really good, but a a problem with it that I have is that it doesn't feel lived in. And this is I, I put in our show doc, why should I care about Stormwind? Because we're told that's where the humans live, that's where the king is, and like they we don't spend time in Stormwind. We don't have scenes of them walking around and like seeing here's the markets of Stormwind and like here's the people who live in it and populate it. Uh it's such a problem that I that it comes up in a lot of fiction is the fiction tells us care about this place it doesn't give us a reason to care about it and kind of you know we're talking about lord of the rings part of the reasons like the lord of the rings movies are so great and some of the earlier seasons of game of thrones are so great is because we spend time in these cities and and around the people and we just like you see what they're like and you get like a really good feel for what it means to be there so when they come under siege you're like no i i know this place i understand it and this it's just like and here's Stormwind. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I, my understanding
0: is that they had more of those scenes. They actually built an entire market and it was really gorgeous and they actually had filmed more scenes there. Uh, Chris Metzen, for those unfamiliar, Chris Metzen is essentially the, the, the father of, of modern Blizzard, including Warcraft. Uh, mm-hmm. he w- had a cameo in it, which I th- was really sad they cut. I thought that was not cool. Um, and, you know, he was like a shopkeeper or something like that. Um, and they had that stuff and they cut it. And that kind of bums me out because Stormwind is awesome and they did an amazing rendering of it. Like it looks gorgeous, but we don't enter it at all
1: no and that's such a that's such a problem let me experience this world so i can start to care about it rather than just i don't know showing me a, a throne room and an orc camp
0: i agree i totally agree 100 percent. especially because when you're pulling from a subject matter like warcraft there are such beautiful and diverse locales that have incredible backstories on these people like the amount of quest text that is written in Warcraft is the equivalent of 30 entire uh trilogies of Lord of the Rings combined. Ugh. That's how much is in there. Now it's not all good. I've read most of it. It's not great. <laughs> but man, there is a lot of story building in a lot of it. And this movie does not take advantage of that because circling back to what we got at earlier the problem Duncan Jones had here that I firmly believe is that he was like, I love Warcraft. I want to make a great movie, but I need to make it accessible for people who don't know Warcraft. And as a result of that, he underestimated the audience, made the movie way too simple. And um, there are times where that's almost insultingly simplified for people who know the subject matter, because I've explained parts of it here and it's not that confusing. Like he could, he could have done it. So that's frustrating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just, it's unfortunate where, you know, I can say there are people who love this movie because like, like you, you, you understand, you know, these things inherently, you're seeing these characters and like things are just kind of clicking for you immediately. And then these other people coming in, it's does that it meanders a little bit here and there. And it's like, I feel like I should already care about this person, but I don't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. It's That is problematic. Now, another thing we're going to talk about in this movie is the orc cast versus the human cast. This is something Nicole put in our docket. And, uh, I mean, as we've already addressed, the human cast is very static. Uh, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing Nicole, when you said a, a famous actor slumming it, was that King Lane?
2: No, it was Glenn Close.
1: Oh, yeah, Glenn Close. Pops uh, uh, in here for that? about
2: a hot minute.
1: She's like the the... Like a Witch, sorceress? Yeah, the sorceress. In
0: oh, the oh, yes, yes. Oh, room. my God. Don't even get me started with a... <laughs> <laughs> uh. No,
2: no. What I meant is that the... You know, the... Um, how did I put it in my notes? Okay. So there is a fine stable of voice talent and experienced motion capture actors being used to play the orcs, and it shows... There's a bunch of unknowns and mostly third-tier actors, with the exception of Glenn Close and Ruth Nega uh, playing the humans. And this also shows.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I, I was mentioning earlier that I was just watching another movie today with Dominic Cooper in it, and the guy like can act. You know, He's also carrying his own AMC show. He's like a star of his own AMC show right now, Preacher. And just in this, though, he is... A, uh, he's cardboard and yeah, you have like Toby Kebbell as Duratan and Toby Kebbell, who's worked on, um,
2: planet uh, of the apes, planet Spence. of
1: the apes, uh, King Kong where you or er, er, sorry, uh, Kong skull Island where he played like King mm-hmm. Kong. Uh, yeah. You, like they got the talent that does really well. Uh, you know, they, they know how to make these CGI characters come to life and that just didn't translate. Otherwise,
2: Right. Although, why is Daniel Wu playing Golden.
0: <laughs> because apparently he's just slumming it in in, uh, in, in par-slash-subpar video game movies now, because he's also in the upcoming Tomb Raider movie.
2: Aww. <laughs>
0: Which, well, let's be honest, right? <laughs> that's going to be the...
2: Have you seen Into the Badlands? No. He's, that's, he's the centerpiece of that show, and he is very good and he's an awesome martial artist and that's it's just kind of weird that he's completely covered up with CGI why they wouldn't have cast him in a human role rather than one of the orcs
1: that's a that's a great question you asked there and also like as (laughs) kind of I mean he does have the one action scene there at the end when the two guys are like beating up on one another um, for whatever their whatever the crap that thing is called um oh the, the kum- kumite the, the, the kumite yes i just want to call the kumite of this film
2: <laughs> Any anyone on uh, one battle will henceforth always be known as a, kumite. as a
1: kumite uh yeah but he's like this kind of like hunched over a guy the whole time um i will say though the scene of the kumite because i was so invested in in dorotan was like yeah. actually a really great action scene
2: Right, yeah. yeah, and when Gul'dan takes off the cape, and you realize that all that stuff is sticking out of his back right. and it's not like his outfit. Oh, it's
0: like it's like, it's like, like a me. Yoda-esque scene where he puts down the cane and takes off the robe, and all of a sudden, old and feeble is now like running around attacking people. Um, and one really quick before we get too far away from it, I do want to mention with the Glenn Close scene, um, Aladai. That frustrates me because um, for some reason. They made Aladai a woman in this movie when Aladai is a man in the lore, and the giant cube is called. Is the that Ford's
2: important? A- does he does Does he do something vital with his penis in particular? <laughs> no, no. I I
0: just mean like 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 I don't understand. Here's what I don't understand. You're going to spend the time to put the character in the movie, but also
1: change for a movie, And actually, for and actually, a movie that is so slavish to its source material in a lot of ways. I, I understand where that does get, like, wide changed. Well, It's this, just, it's just, other like, things that it's just
0: weird. Confusing. Like, I, I'm, I mean, it's not like I have an issue with it. I just
1: don't get why. Like, that's my
0: issue. Is that... Is because Aladai, for context, is... He is the first Guardian. Like, many years before Medivh. And when he dies, his spirit is bound to what's called the Forge of the Guardian, which is the giant cube. And that allows the Kirin Tor to consult him when necessary. So, A... There's no reason the Kirin Tor wouldn't know what the cube is or how to use it. And B, like, you could tell us. <laughs> like, you could tell us that's what it is. Like, this is the first Guardian. We should consult him because he knows what's up. Um, And they just kind of made it an old lady. And I just, I, it's not that I have an issue with a gender switch. It's that I just have an issue with, like, you cared enough to switch the gender, but not enough to explain the
1: character? I just think that it, what it comes down to is that Brett hates women. Oh God! <laughs> I just had to put it movie go round at
0: tiltingwindmillstudios dot com. He's
2: been putting up a good front, but you know. <laughs> uh, it all comes down.
0: But yeah, I mean that 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 bothers me because Aladdin is a really cool character, and again, that was duncan jones oversimplifying um but but yeah i mean there's some really interesting stuff going on with the motion capture of the orcs uh really interesting with the vocal talent um
1: and there's nothing so i was watching the i was watching the um the honest trailer for this movie and they put it really great at the beginning where uh video game adaptations for a long time have been you know have been low budget bad-looking messes, and now comes a film that is a high-budget great-looking mess. <laughs> uh, well, baby steps, I guess. And yeah, <laughs> it is a high-budget great-looking film that kind of falls flat on its face.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and and in regard to it falling flat on its face, this is something I know David loves explaining to people because I've seen him do it multiple times. <laughs> uh, yep. Where If you ask a Warcraft fan who is not educated to the the international film market and how money changes hands and what percentages people get, uh, they'll say, "Oh, well, yeah, sure, it made thirty million in the U.S., but it made two hundred and fifty million in the, in China. The Chinese love this movie, uh, but it doesn't matter because David.
1: Okay, so let's just here's a quick rundown of how box office works here in the U.S. Opening weekend is a really big deal because that is where the studio makes most of its money. Typically, in that first weekend, studios make seventy five percent of the box office. So when you go buy, just to make it simple, a ten dollar ticket, seven fifty if that goes back to the movie studio, two fifty goes to the theater. As movies stay in theaters, more of that goes to the theater, which is why they love long running movies. It typically it's down to about fifty percent return towards the end. Around the world that uh, the, the amount that goes back to the movie studio is typically about 40%. So if a movie does really great in Brazil, 40% of that is going to go to the box office. Now, China, which does sell a lot of tickets, has these really complicated laws and deals in place where no matter the gross, no matter the gross, the studio is only going to get 25% of that. So if it's a ten dollar ticket, two fifty of that is going to the studio. The rest is sticking in China. So yeah, it can make a lot of money in China, but it probably actually made more money in like America or some other countries, uh, yeah. because just of the way that the numbers worked out.
0: That's right. That's right. So so a lot of Warcraft fans like to point to this and say, oh well, you know it did make a lot of money in China and that's great. I like that people enjoyed it. (laughs) They just were, they were the wrong people to, not that they were the wrong people to enjoy it, but they were the wrong, that was the wrong uh, international law.
1: Yeah. It's that China's not as big a deal as it looks like, you know, the, the fast and furious movies are so popular, not because of China necessarily, but because of like their appeal all around the world. Um, where like you know but you can still look like oh the biggest numbers come from China but really they're getting more money from places like Russia places like Brazil which is why those locations actually feature more heavily in those movies.
0: Right, exactly. Um in regard to what could have been with Warcraft 2 um because uh, again the reason we will likely not see a sequel is because even though this movie total internationally and domestically made 430 million dollars when you add in marketing budget and the cost to make the film it actually lost money. Uh keep in mind well, this was a massive marketing campaign too. If you bought a ticket to see yeah. Warcraft, oh, yeah. you got 30 days of the game free and you got the the base game. Like they gave you
1: $50 worth of stuff just for buying hmm. a ticket. And they if the budget's 160 typically for a movie to be successful it has to make more like twice or three times its budget That's in right. order to be considered a successful film <laughs> and this barely kind of gets past that double but plus everything you're talking about massive marketing campaigns giving away all this stuff and this really is a movie that probably wasn't selling a lot more merch than the game itself is so they're not even going to make it up there it's not like you know pixar where they just pump out a cars movie every few years just like keep the lights on
0: (laughs) right uh and and duncan jones has gone into what he would have done with sequels and what he still plans to do if a if a studio will come back to him and um it's you know i don't think it's out of the realm that 10 years 15 years down the road they hand this property off to a different director and try again um, yeah, but I don't think Duncan Jones going at it's ever going to happen again, but his no. idea was that Warcraft 2 would see Dalaran, which is the floating mage city, and it would also see the Alterac Mountains, uh, which are the snowy mountains, um, and the proliferation of magic as the Kirin Tor mages try to become more open about King Lane's death, because after King Lane dies, people start to question mages. Um,
2: okay, I, I need you to explain this to me. This is something that I'm at the end. Why does King Lane think that Garona killing him will bring peace?
1: Because she has like sympathy and ties to the humans. And so if she kills him, she'll be considered like a great warrior and can like rise in the ranks and gain power. And then we'll be able to bridge the gap Be able to like you know make peace talks happen but of course nobody's gonna trust her now right
2: yeah because she was fighting with the humans and then she turns on their leader so i would think that would create a huge war between the orcs and the humans and peace would take much longer to get to
1: and it's funny because when we get to the end of this movie the conflict is almost pretty much the exact same as it was at the beginning of the movie. Yes. The humans are still fighting the orcs that actually doesn't change at all. Yeah. And, and, and
0: Nicole makes a great point. I think David's hits, David hits the nail on the head in the sense that she's supposed to now be an intricate part of the orc hierarchy that can hopefully at some point organize a better, um, a better, you know, coup of Gul'dan's power. Um, and you know, that that could have been explored a little bit if they had a sequel, or even if they had structured this movie a little bit better, um, and I'm sad that it doesn't get that, um, because one thing that's interesting about Warcraft is that, like, again, the first game is Orcs and Humans, and by the time you hit, like, Warcraft 3, uh, Orcs and Humans and the Alliance and the Horde are working together and there is a, there is a long period of time, like even right now over the last three Warcraft expansions where the Alliance and the Horde have united against other forces and which has made for some fascinating plots and fascinating character development. And now with the new expansion coming out uh, this autumn, they are finally going back to the Alliance and the Horde fighting because the Alliance and the Horde vanquished their foes. So what else do you do? go back to fighting. Go back
2: to try to kill each other. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. Which I have some issues with, but that's not neither here nor there. But like for example, Thrall, uh, who is little baby uh Jesus in nope. this movie. Uh by the way, I do <laughs> Moses. appreciate Moses, right? But in the um in the games, uh Thrall is fondly referred to uh as Green Jesus, um, by the community. And that's basically oh, yeah, because that Thrall has this like weird story arc of like Wanting to bring peace to his people, and then his people basically trying to kill him for it, and then him having this like redemption of like It's a very like biblical esque story of thrall uh-huh. that, because he up... has the spirit of a deer inside of him, <laughs> <laughs> and and he is thrall is by far like the most interesting character in warcraft lore because he is neither horde nor alliance really which is something hinted at in the closing monologue of this movie after the title card plays and that would have been so cool to see in a movie someday and i'm really sad that's not gonna happen
1: (sighs) yeah i just i opened up thrall's like wikipedia the wowpedia where i'm sure it goes into more detail than is humanly necessary and i just i'm <laughs> scrolling through the contents and it takes me a good like three scrolls just to get through that uh just get through like his biography yeah oh this my guy's god yeah got he got a lot of
0: history such a complex character and and he's such an interesting character and actually like takes after his father in many ways in the sense that uh he sees the conflict between the alliance and the horde as entirely unnecessary. Um because the fact of the matter is in Warcraft uh fell destroyed their world which for reference is called Draenor not mentioned in this movie that's fine whatever uh fell destroyed their world and they came to Azeroth and now fell is in Azeroth so the the fight is not between orcs and humans the fight is let's preserve this this world now we're both here and there's obviously a demon that wants to infect this world with fel that is the main fight that is the driving force amongst you know uh, conflicts in warcraft moving forward and because this is like that bare bones entry level story we don't get any of that um in fact to be entirely blunt i think i think he could have skipped warcraft 1 i think i think
1: oh easily could have
0: I, i think that warcraft 1 could be a title crawl. <laughs> like like it, uh to be like a couple things on screen that like um the Orc World was destroyed,
1: so the Orcs yeah, migrated you, you to show you show a quick few scenes. Yeah, Orc World yeah. was destroyed, so they came here and they've been we've been fighting for generations, but what they brought with them was much worse. And now Exactly like, and now, now we are
0: together. And now Thrall is you know, skip, skip Warcraft one and two. Thrall is old now. Uh he is trying to bring balance between the alliance and the horde to fight fell magic and to maintain uh you know balance of magic in this complex world um and that would be a way cooler movie
1: yeah if your if your plot can be summarized in like a three-line voiceover uh, i think that you might have uh, wasted some time
0: yeah agreed because like again i will give another insight which is way too much detail as necessary for this podcast but the reason that Fell magic and sargeras are trying to infect azeroth is because uh very few planets in this big universe in warcraft are what's called uh they have what's called world souls they're basically a a being like a like a godlike being that lives in the center of the planet, that gives the planet its power, its life force, and they can be unleashed and turned into these giant titans, and they can be either good or bad. And that depends on how you influence them while they're inside of their world, almost like a womb of sorts. Sargeras- so it's like a-
2: Mashup of Eraserhead and Galactus?
0: Sure. Uh, so, <laughs> so Sargeras discovers that Azeroth has a very powerful World Soul. He himself is a Titan that was once a World Soul. So he wants to destroy Azeroth to unleash its World Soul and corrupt it and turn it bad. And that could probably be explained in a movie. And again, would be more interesting.
1: But we just don't get it. So Wingo! yeah. <laughs> I think I mean, I think you know this lore has been going on for so long, it's so deep and rich that yeah you can you can turn some of this stuff into a pretty interesting movie,
2: yeah, yeah, that I mean, to be fair, yeah, I mean, I think that you know comic books have been successfully turned into movies for that are accessible to people who do not read comics and have right. come in and enjoyed and have learned about you know the extended world to some extent, and I'm sure. If I had the patience for it, I could, you know, learn more about the extended world of Warcraft and it, all its trappings. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, the problem—it's just with- not my cup of tea. That's sure, the,
1: the the problem with stuff like video games being translated into the screen is like it's so much fun to play them that really, like, you just kind of, you know the story kind of drives what's going on, but what you're waiting for in those scenes is when am I going to get to do stuff again? And that's why they're kind of difficult to translate into movies. But Warcraft has so much lore that is not just in the games but written, that is in and books lots of and has been written and... out. Now it's, you know, it, this really is a game that could have been made into, I don't want to say a very successful, but a, 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 a uh, at least a few movie franchise. So if what is correctly.
0: what is the codebreaker then? Because when Warcraft, we saw trailers of it, when we had buzz of it, everybody and their brother was like, this might finally be the video game movie that is physically nah. successful enough to finally prove that making a movie based on a video game is financially viable. This was not it. It was close. It was closer than anything before it, but it was not it.
2: Personalities that people care about and want to follow and can empathize with, I would say is the key is it to d- it working. Because the one character that I was most interested in and most involved with, it's not clear what's you know, whether his side is the good side or the bad side or what have you. And then he, he dies like two-thirds of the way through the movie. And we're like, wait, no, wait, I was following that guy. And yeah. suddenly I have lost all all interest in the rest of this movie. I sure. don't yeah. care where the rest of it goes.
1: When he dies, it uh, there is a sudden feeling of like, oh crap, what do I do now? Right. I don't care about Lothar. Right.
2: Uh, right. I mean, I cared about guardians of the galaxy, not because of, you know, whatever extended stories are going on on space, but because, you know, Peter Quill was a funny and an interesting guy. And there's this talking raccoon who's a smart ass and like brilliant and yet furry and cute. And the stalking tree, and it's fascinating, and it's really well done, and it's because I'm interested in the the interactions of those characters, and where those characters are going, that I care what happens in the movie, and this movie just did not have characters that I cared about, except for one, and then they got rid of him.
1: I think uh, we're talking video game movies. I'm, this is not a bold prediction by any means. I don't know if Tomb Raider is going to be good. It's mm. too early to tell. It looks like it could be very it could mediocre. Be good.
2: It could yeah. be the trailers Alicia are not, not impressive. Very good actress.
1: I think the movie that I think has a really solid chance is the, um, the Uncharted movie that's coming out because mm. the Uncharted games are... These big adventure games that are very cinematic already and are very akin to Indiana Jones. Uh, so, well, so they, is Tomb and they are. Uh, yeah, but they're focusing on the wrong elements of that for the movies.
0: Yeah, they focus on the boobs in, in Tomb Raider, whereas yeah, like
1: on, on Indiana Jones, you they're they're in the muck, they're hunting the treasure, they're doing you know they're they're and, and you have. um, I can't remember his name. The young guy who's currently playing Spider-Man, Tom Holland, uh, is going to be playing a young Nathan Drake. So they're like kind of building up of like, we're going to start kind of in his sort of earlier days. And I think, you know, uh, people love Indiana Jones. That's a formula that works if they stick to that adventure idea. I think that movie has a really good shot at being a good video game movie. I really hope I'm not going to be eating my words in like four <laughs> years when that comes out.
0: Right, because because some a lot of people said something very similar about Assassin's Creed. Um, that is a uh, very cinematic they, game. They, now, uh, I, I'm just going to throw something out there. It just randomly came to my head, and I could be totally wrong about this. But I think I know a franchise that if done in live action and done well could be immensely successful. But because Nintendo uh, is so touchy with their rights in every possible way, it'll never get made. Pokemon. Live-action Pokemon
1: movie that uh, Isn't Detective Pikachu going to be live-action? Is it really? I'm pretty sure the one with Ryan Reynolds voicing it. No, Which ah. I'm going to be seeing just because Ryan Reynolds is voicing <laughs> no, Pikachu. No, Doesn't
2: Pikachu no. only ever say variants of his own name? Pikachu! Yeah, yeah, I, yeah it's I like Link. De- Link, de- Link all, Pika-
0: all Link does is... Ah!
1: Like, I think Detective <laughs> Pikachu is like this sort of subset, weird, like, you know, it's not really part of the Pokemon universe.
2: Okay. Oh no,
0: this is live action, but it looks like they're doing like a...
1: Oh, as long no. as they don't
2: have Ash, she's like the most annoying. Here's. Character ever. Here's
1: now. Here's what would have made all this news about T- Detective Pikachu perfect. Ryan Reynolds is great and all, but if it had been Danny DeVito voicing Pikachu, <laughs> I would I would buy a ticket today.
2: Pikachu, Pikachu, come on, Joe. kids,
1: we gotta solve this mystery. Also,
0: I should I should also throw out the same studio that made Warcraft Legendary is also making Pikachu Detective Pikachu. Um, but but yeah, I mean that I, I actually sure that might have the potential to do something. But I'm talking about like a movie directed toward toward kids that adults can enjoy about like a young kid that gets involved with these pokeballs and can you know have these interesting battles and fights like that has the potential if done properly to be like a Harry Potter type thing of excitement among the youths well,
2: but in theory yeah <laughs> yeah who knows
0: who knows but let, as we start to wrap up, we have one more question in our docket. This movie confuses brutality and bloodthirsty.
1: Let let me, let me explain that because there were times in this movie where I'm like, Oh God, like it does not need to be this like graphically brutal. Um, and I get like they wanted to show like the horrors of war, but then you have guys with armor and shoulder pads that is past their heads. Like (laughs) it's already a cartoon. Uh, movies like. Lord of the Rings aren't particularly bloody. You don't, you know, when they stab people, blood's not splurting onto the screen out of their mouth. But it's no less bloodthirsty, is how I probably can think of a better phrase of it. Like they're not afraid to kill characters or have really dramatic battles and scenes happen and i feel like this movie relied sometimes too heavily on like look at that horrifying thing that just happened oh his yeah. hand got shot off rather yeah. than like you can you can make a movie where there's not blood everywhere and still have teeth
0: his hand his head got crushed and he grabbed the horse by the neck and threw it yeah <laughs> i agree on that poor cgi horses <laughs> Uh yeah, no, I totally I, and first of all how are the orcs riding those horses?
2: Like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know. Awesome. I am surprised the horses aren't just like falling to their knees under the weight of them.
0: Like the big giant dire wolves <laughs> or whatever, sure, sure. But okay, yeah. Yeah. You're right.
2: <laughs> I, w- I would like to give one last shout out um to music in general actually to two sorts of music one to the music in this movie i thought it was fantastic uh it's by ramin jawadi who did the game of thrones um score and i i noticed it you know it's it's pretty prominent it's big it's bold i enjoyed the heck out of it um and also i fairly certain it's been a long time uh since we gave a shout out to the person who wrote our theme music uh kevin mcleod who wrote the who wrote the show must be go which is the theme music that we use as the intro and outro for movie go round
0: absolutely he's he's the perennial choice for podcasters far and wide uh right you can
2: find his stuff on incompetech Dot com.
0: That's right, yes, due to his incredibly generous licensing. So, yeah, a big shout-out to Kevin. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, the music in this movie is great. I was actually concerned, because when I heard they weren't using the Blizzard music, I was disappointed, because Blizzard is great music. Like, I bought all the CDs of the scores of the games, and they're amazing classical, like, over-the-top, intense classical scores. They're fantastic. Um, But they put it in the right hands, and he captures what's great about those scores and kind of makes it you know work for a live action movie so yeah big shout out to him absolutely um as we start to wrap down where can we find everybody what's going on with everybody david what's up
1: uh we well, can find me of course heck yeah comics podcast and on the brookbot mountain podcast you can find me around the internet under the username davluz that is d-a-v-l-u-z twitter snapchat instagram find me there and I think that's about it. Uh, the The Good Place on on NBC is super great. If you haven't watched that yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> that's wrapping up tonight. That's why I mentioned it. Is out it? Out of Oh, I
2: is it the no end reason. of
0: season two? Yep. Oh, I'm two episodes behind. Yeah. I need to catch up. Oh, it's so
2: good. You it. can watch all of season one on Netflix.
0: Netflix, yes. It's so forking good. Uh, Nicole, <laughs> where can people find you?
2: Uh, You can find me curating our Facebook page and that's facebook.com slash movie go round podcast. I also look after the geek cinema society, the archive page, which was our podcast that we used to do together that has now shutters its doors, although all the episodes are still available on the website. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter, and my handle is at YourWordWiz, and that's Y-O-U-R-W-O-R-D-W-H-I-Z.
0: Right on. My name is Brett Stewart. Find me on com on Twitter at Rivers Rubin, Rivers Rubin. I would highly encourage everybody to shoot us an email if uh, you voted for this or you know if you have thoughts on it, considering this is a controversial film amongst people who have seen it. Uh, so yeah let us know because these are the you did this to us weeks it'd be great to hear from the people who voted uh, that is movie go round at tiltingwindmillstudios.com. we'll put that in the show notes and of course if you enjoy the show go ahead on iTunes or Stitcher your podcast catcher of choice and leave us a review tell us how awful we are tell us how great we are anything in between we're happy to hear it we want to hear your feedback and also if for those of you that do enjoy it it helps bring more people onto the program and allows us to further our outreach Reach with listeners and get more votes for you did this to us and start bringing on cool guests which we are doing at least once a cycle so go ahead and do that on itunes or stitcher that'll do that for myself david and nicole again next week we are going to be watching nicole why don't you give a brief rundown now that you're here for what we're going Uh, to watch we'll
2: be watching the miracle of morgan's creek it's a 1943 movie by preston sturges uh, starring Betty Hutton. It is a classic. It is, uh, It was quite uh, scandalous for its time, and we'll get into why when we talk about it next week. Highly recommend you go find it. It's available on several streaming services and for rental on Google Play and Amazon. Um, you know, please catch that, and then come join us next week.
0: Yeah, 99 minutes long. That's my kind of week. Okay, great. Uh, check out the Miracle Of Morgan's Creek. We will see you next week.